Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topics, tropical storms galore, and the first part of my interview with Dr. Bill Gallus on the Iowa Derecho. Sit back and relax, and enjoy today's edition of The Daily Bolt. So I was just going to make this uh, Daily Bolt the interview uh, only, but there are too many tropical storm things going on uh, that need to be brought up. Uh, We not only have Hurricane Genevieve, soon to be Tropical Storm Genevieve, uh, barreling past uh, the Mexican state of Baja California Sur, southern part of the Baja California Peninsula, But we now have two tropical depressions in the Atlantic Basin. Technically, one is uh, going to be approaching the Eastern Caribbean. Uh, We have a second one that is formed just this morning in the Southern Caribbean. These are currently known as tropical depressions 13 and 14. A quick uh, statement on Genevieve. Uh, Genevieve is a nominal hurricane right now and is moving into cooler waters and is expected to uh, reduce uh, its intensity to a tropical storm, degrade to a tropical storm. Winds will start to decrease. And by tomorrow, it will be moving away from the Baja California Peninsula. It has certainly impacted the extreme southern part of Baja California Sur, uh, the resort areas of Los Cabos, Uh, and uh, areas uh, close by. Uh, It will continue to have some impact, particularly on the west coast of Baja California Sur up to the city of Todos Santos, as well as into the mountains that are the spine of the peninsula. Uh, But those impacts will last through today and slowly diminish. Meanwhile, we have tropical depressions 13 and 14. I'm not going to say very much on them other than they exist. And uh, Tropical Depression 13 is expected to uh, become a tropical storm later today or tonight and uh, begin to produce impacts into Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands overnight and into tomorrow. Uh, And the thing to watch for for Tropical Depression 13 is potential impacts to Florida very late in the weekend and early next week. Tropical Depression 14 uh, is... Uh, basically uh, in the far southern Caribbean off the coast of Central America. It is anticipated to move north and will give impacts most likely to Texas early next week. I'm going to have more on them as we go through uh, the next few days, little tidbits, uh, but the main event is the interview with Dr. Bill Gallus. And we're going to do the first part of this interview talking about the Iowa derechos. If you'd like to see the actual video where we have some radar loop clips and uh, we have other images as we go through, uh, please uh, view that on the Daily Bolt podcast group on Facebook. Uh, It's free to join. Uh, And without any further ado, I'm going to start the audio of this section of the interview about the first uh, nine and a half minutes. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Bolt. This is the first in a series on the Iowa Derecho event from August 10th. And with me today is a special guest, uh, Dr. Bill Gallus, professor of meteorology at Iowa State University. 
And uh, since I've known Bill for a very long time, I'm going to call him Bill rather than Professor Gallus through the entire interview. Um, I don't know how long this is going to go, but we're going to break it up as need be into nice kind of 10-minute bite-sized chunks. And so we'll uh, just keep uh, broadcasting these uh, throughout the week, starting on Thursday, uh, August 20th. Okay, Bill, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for being here. Thanks, Jeff, for the invitation. My pleasure. Uh, so I want to actually just get right into talking about the event, if I can. And uh, the event has been classified as a derecho, and as uh, the radar loop that I'm going to put up in just a second will show, it does have a clear structure of what we recognize as a derecho. But most of the listeners, and I guess in this case viewers, uh, don't really have a good idea necessarily what that means. What, what's a derecho? Uh, why is it different from a typical thunderstorm? Why is it not a tornado but can still cause uh, as much damage? And if you can uh, go ahead and uh, give me a little bit of uh, background on what a derecho is and uh, say why it's different from a uh, typical even strong thunderstorm or tornado, that's a great place to start. Um, so a derecho is a thunderstorm system that meets some criteria for producing very strong damaging winds over an unusually large area. So, so the definition is rather unusual. Most things in meteorology we define by maybe how it looks on radar. So if we see a backwards letter C, racing across, we call that a bow echo, and we, we can say that at any instant while the storm's going on. For derecho, you really have to wait until the storm is mostly over, and you look at all the damage reports that come in and the measurements from the wind. Um, you have to have winds meeting severe criteria, meaning 58 miles per hour or stronger, over a distance that ends up being about 240 miles long. Um, it's usually uh, pretty wide, you may be at least a county or two wide, and there should be a few reports actually making it to hurricane strength, about 75 miles per hour. So, you know, the most impressive thing about a derecho is just that it, it manages to keep producing damaging wind over a very large area. Um, that makes it different from common severe thunderstorms. You know, any severe thunderstorm in theory is going to be producing winds that get above 58 miles per hour. A derecho just lasts a long time in order to cover 240 miles, and it leaves a, an especially big footprint of damaging wind in its wake. Uh, and Jeff, I think you mentioned, you know, how's it different from a tornado? If, if you've seen any of the videos out there of roofs being blown off of apartment buildings, or there's one out there where a young man's business, his entire factory or his entire warehouse is just destroyed and he's having to shelter in a little bathroom, it seems like the damage can become comparable to many tornadoes. The difference is that the winds in a derecho are pretty much straight. They're just coming from one direction. In this case, it was primarily blowing from west to east. In a tornado, the winds are actually spinning around. And, and that's kind of an interesting irony. The term derecho actually was invented over 100 years ago by a physics professor at the University of Iowa. So it's, you know, this, this derecho is certainly going to stand out as one of the all-time greatest derechos for damage. So it's in a way, maybe it's appropriate that it struck Iowa since we're the ones who created the name derecho in the first place. Well, I guess that, yeah, there's a certain uh, irony in that. So um, I've been playing the loop 
which actually comes from Iowa State's experimental, well, it's not experimental anymore, it's environmental mesomet site. Uh, I pulled these images off uh, a little bit ago uh, from the website. Uh, goes from about 6.30 in the morning to uh, about 4 in the afternoon. And uh, it's interesting, this doesn't start out with the typical derecho type of a shape. Uh, in the radar imagery, but as it goes along, about the time it starts getting into central uh, and southern Iowa, you start to see a little bit of the classic shape, and then it really develops that classic shape as it's going through eastern Iowa into Illinois and Wisconsin. Uh, do you have any comments about you know that particular uh, aspect of this this uh, storm in terms of the formation? Right. I, you described it well. You know, I, and I. When I was describing the, what the definition of the derecho is, I know when I teach about it, I tell my students it's it's a weird definition because you can't apply the definition at while it's happening because it's based on how much damage it does. But you do see the shape you're referring to is what we often call a bow or a bow echo. And you do see that develop in many places. Uh, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head as it was heading towards central Iowa, which is where, of course, Iowa State is and where I was. That was the weirdest thing is it did it there was a little piece of it only about the size of one county that was sort of bowing out and becoming a bow echo. The part that was rolling toward my city looked pretty much straight, uh, just a north south line and you normally wouldn't have thought that that would have such strong winds um, where the bowing was happening was just south of my town. And the radar there was showing winds of 130 miles per hour over a big area. And, and it's only maybe 10 miles away from the Des Moines radar, which means you know, the radar beam goes up from the radar. So if you're close to the radar, the information is actually not too far above the ground. And you know, I personally was hoping that meant we in Ames would uh, sort of dodge a bullet. Um, that did not prove to be the case, however. <laughs> okay. So, um, one, uh, I'm gonna, I've had the uh, radar loop restarted on the screen while we're sharing it. Um, I don't know how much time you've had to look into the background of the setup of this derecho, but does, did this particular system, this derecho, have a uh, kind of a classic uh, set of preconditions, or did this one kind of take everyone by surprise? That is a very good question, and, and the answer is, is pretty complicated. Um, when the event ended up happening, and once I got power back, you know, I did look that morning while what was going on in the atmosphere, and to me, it looked very classic that, yes, this was a, a situation where you get derechos. Um, you know, a couple miles up in the sky, the winds had increased and we're blowing 50 to 60 miles an hour across northern Iowa and southern Minnesota, which is pretty rare, especially this summer. M much of the time, our winds a couple miles up were only like 10 miles per hour. And so there was a, a weather disturbance was passing just to the north of Iowa, and it was leading to um, this, this belt of very strong winds that were coming in. Uh, in addition, the atmosphere was very unstable. It was it was incredibly muggy uh, that morning, even though it was very dark and dreary looking. Uh, I think the temperature was already around 80 degrees at 10 a.m. Uh, with very high humidity. So those really tend to be the ingredients. Now, the thing that was surprising, and I'll tell a funny anecdote here, is um, it none, we, we now have computer models that we run 
that we run on a very fine grid. So they're supposed to be able to predict pretty well thunderstorm systems. And throughout last weekend, they were not showing anything happening in really the south half of Iowa. And there really was almost no signal that anything like this would happen despite you know, the, the larger scale looking pretty favorable for derechos. And I think people may have let their guard down because we we start to really put a lot of our, um, you know, we, we like to rely on those models. So, so my funny anecdote is for the first time ever, I'm having problems with raccoons coming in and eating my tomatoes in my garden <laughs> right off the vines. And so the day before the derecho, I, I did a search on Google. And I discovered one way to keep raccoons away is supposedly if you take some rags and you soak them in ammonia and then you lay them around your plants. But it said if it rains, then you know this trick totally disappears and you have to go apply the ammonia again. So my wife ran, made a special trip to the store that afternoon, got ammonia. Sunday evening, I thought it's not going to rain for five days. I will put these rags around all my tomato plants. And when I woke up Monday morning, I could see the thunderstorm out in eastern Nebraska and you know we had a very dry summer here in central iowa so part of me was hoping hey we may get rain but part of me felt kind of sick like i just wasted all that ammonia (laughs) i hate to admit it but i think i attracted the uh, thunderstorm system into iowa so i am probably responsible for the billions of dollars in damage i see okay well uh we'll make sure to pass that little tidbit along to the proper authorities and they'll get the bill Okay, so that is the end of the first part of the interview that I had with Dr. Bill Gallus. I apologize that maybe the first minute of uh, that interview, which fortunately was mostly pleasantries, uh, uh, had some audio issues uh, in terms of the podcast. This is the first time I'm trying to do this in kind of a multimodal approach. And so now I figured out, obviously, because the audio came back very strongly, how to get it back in. Uh, So if you want to actually uh, see that first minute and hear it better than perhaps uh, was uh, uh, captured on the audio portion of this podcast, Uh, By all means, please go to the Daily Bolt Podcast Facebook group, and you will be able to see the entire uh, interview uh, part uh, with audio and video images, graphics, etc. But I'm going to call this uh, particular edition of the audio Daily Bolt to an end, and we'll pick up with the interview tomorrow with uh, more updates on the tropical systems as well. I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley. Good night, good afternoon, good morning, and stay safe.